Welcome to Sunday night service, amen. Did the wind blow you in tonight? It's getting a little bit windy out there, some of Barstow's best stuff. Anyway, praise God. We're going to have a great time together tonight in the house of the Lord. And we're ready to receive the word of God tonight, amen. All right, let's go ahead and stand up together. We're going to open up by speaking some words of faith over the United States of America. And we're going to keep declaring and decreeing that this nation is coming to Jesus. Amen. All right, let's say this together. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name and in unity. We confess that Jesus Christ is Lord over the United States of America. We declare that righteousness, mercy, justice, and judgment from you shall prevail. We declare that America will complete her God-given mission to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. We push back the darkness of Satan from this nation and call for the light of Jesus Christ to invade the media and every home, church, and school, and every town, city, and state of this great nation, the United States of America. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, give the Lord a shout of praise tonight. Yeah. All right. You may be seated. Very good. Well, we got a few announcements to get into here tonight. And I want to make sure that everybody's staying up to speed. Uh, we've got a lot going on and we're super excited about it. So first of all, if you got one of those envelopes for uh, the missions uh, project that we're doing, uh, make sure that you go ahead and get the money uh, into that envelope and get it turned in back there at the info booth. And again, all that money is going towards the Honduras trip in June. And uh, if you are interested in the Honduras... Okay, she's got this. All right. <laughs> wow. Sorry, I wasn't here to be pushy this morning. So good morning or good evening. I love you. It's evening. Okay, so mission trip, it's coming. Your commitments are due in by the end of the month. Okay, so seriously, get serious. And the envelopes, okay, are going to be here for one more week. We need the envelopes gone, okay, because we're giving to missions. Yes. And it's kind of a big deal. 
So no obligation unless your children do what mine did. And they make it out there and they're so excited for people to go tell other people about Jesus. And they're so excited. They grab four envelopes and it doesn't even matter what numbers are on the front of them. And they get in the car and tell you what you're giving to the missions trip. Amen. My children grab now, fistfuls of envelopes. I owe hundreds of dollars. You have two <laughs> options. <laughs> I'm going to pay. You know. Yeah, you have two options. First option, you can be like, well, you shouldn't have grabbed that many envelopes. You can go apologize. We're not going to do it. Or... You can encourage their love for missions. There you go. <laughs> Swear to your own hurt and change not okay. So I have four envelopes that I'm believing God to fill. So just you grab an envelope on the way out the door tonight. Okay. There's plenty of small ones left. All right. And if you need to trade me for an amount, I'm in. Okay. All right. Um, there are other fundraisers coming. If you don't have those dates or you need more information from Miss Cindy, please do that. Amen. Ladies, are you coming to Women's Friday night? Don't ghost me. It's not show night. You guys are so lame. Wow. Listen, I didn't know what else to feed you. And then if I take a menu item from Miss P, then it leaves her with a no menu item. So we're doing a nacho night. You can make it taco salad, whatever. We're just, you know, we're doing Mexican food. And you're coming to hang out with me. You're going to come, right? Okay, the last two times I taught, y'all ghosted me. So would you please show up Friday night? It would mean a lot to me. Amen. All right, very good. Hey, there you go. Pastor Katie, ladies and gentlemen. Wow, phenomenal. Phenomenal job, yes. All right, so yes, the women's meeting is Friday night. And then the next Friday night, we're trying to cover your Friday nights. That's really our main goal for February. So the next Friday night is the Lift Married Night, and that's going to be really exciting. Now, we need to get this on the screen, but you can register online, which would help us out to make sure we get an accurate count for children's uh, care and everything like that. But it's hdwc.org slash married. And if you go on there and get uh, uh, RSVP, that would be great there is free child care and there is an italian pitch and dinner so everybody bring something in and it'll be a really really fun night what a good date night right there married people you know you need to take advantage of this stuff we're trying to help you out here and then uh, of course we've got membership class uh which we're all really excited about on sunday February the 19th, so that's a few Sunday nights from now, uh, from 4 to 7 p.m., and there is child care provided, so again, make sure you make it out to that, child care snacks, and a really good time uh, learning some Bible together, and I uh, just want to make sure that you get involved with that. And then the last Sunday night of this month is going to be a worship night. And we're real excited about that. It's been a long time since we've uh, been able to do one of those. So again, 6 p.m. on Sunday the 26th. And that'll be really great. Who's going to be here next Sunday night? Who knows the next Sunday night's the Super Bowl? And you're still going to be here, right? <laughs> All right, I got you. I got you. You're committed. Oh, we're going to be so excited. It's going to be a great night. Amen. We're going head to head with the Super Bowl and we're going to win because the word of God's going forth. Amen. So it's going to be great. All right. And then um, Mrs. Pastor's 75th birthday celebration is coming up. Yeah. 
on Sunday, March 12th, and uh, I found out her sister, she's got one sister left, her other siblings have moved to heaven, but she's got one sister left, her little sister from Rhode Island is flying out also, and so you can meet my Aunt Beth, she's a wonderful lady, and uh, some more of my siblings who you've never met, maybe, I don't know, I've got a lot of brothers and sisters from everywhere, a bunch of them are coming in, and so it's going to be a really fun and awesome day, and we want to celebrate that together, amen? All right, well, I think that's all the announcements for tonight. So, who knows what time it is? All right, I'm going to have my man Lawrence Mata come on up and do the Sunday evening tithes and offerings. Amen. You got this. Thank you. Hello. (laughs) That sounds like you're like pepping me up, but that doesn't sound like it's happy time. All right. All right, I'm being delivered from being introverted, so, like, everything that I planned in my head, like, went out the window. Because, like, I'm like, that's all I see right now is the camera. But let's turn to 2 Corinthians 9, 7. And if you need an envelope, raise your hand. And if you feel like you don't need an envelope, you should probably raise your hand. Because I was, when I, when Pastor Dave asked me to do the offering, I started looking at stuff from Dave Ramsey. And Dave Ramsey talks about the tithe as, like, a lot of people will not put their full faith into it because a lot of people are thinking it's like a matter of monetary situation and not a matter of the heart. When you're doing it thinking like, hey, I got my gas bill, you know, I just had to replace tires on my car, uh, rent is due, and this and that and whatever, and then you're, you're starting to think with your head and not with your heart. Yeah. And you need to start thinking like, like what Pastor and Mrs. P do. They religiously make that tithing check out, pray over it, and have it ready to go because they're just reaching their faith out. And then a lot of times you hear Pastor Dave and Pastor talk about, you know, it, you're, you gotta like do it as, as a habit. You gotta, you gotta give it time to work. You have to have the faith that you're giving your tithe to work rather than just thinking like, well, okay, I, I tithe and I'm still broke. And I like how Pastor Dave puts it. If you were, and I, I think I can quote this and say this word because Pastor Dave said it. If you're an idiot with your money for like 28 years, you can't expect to be delivered from it in a few weeks. Uh, that's Pastor Dave that said it, guys, not me. So if you have problems, it's Pastor David Samples at HighDesertWordCenter.com. But Second Corinthians 9-7 says this. You must decide, you must each decide in your heart how much to give and don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure you know because i'm telling you the truth there was probably a year where i used to give because i thought it was like it was just what i had to do i was doing it as an obligation not doing it out of my heart i'm sorry we're continuing for god loves a person who gives cheerfully but i like the way uh king james says you know for god loves a cheerful giver And let's go on to eight, because eight is really good too. And God will generously provide all you need. So you're, you're giving him his part. He's not going to leave you behind. I'll tell you this. I am bunny trailing all over the place, but it's okay. When I was threatened with the layoff at work, you know, Malachi says, you know, put me to the test. And I remember when I was about to be laid off, I said, okay, God, you don't want a smaller tithe because I'm a single income family. So you don't want a smaller tithe. So either you're going to get me a better job, an equally paying job, 
or I'm going to like win the lotto and be set for life. Somehow, a rich uncle I didn't know was going to, but the point is that I put all my trust in God and I continue to tithe because I knew, I knew that he was going to give me all that I need. So like it says in eight, God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. So he's going to give you what you need and then some. You know, I always notice that God always says, you know, I'm going to give you this and then some, you know. So that's awesome. I don't know. That makes me happy. I don't know about you guys. So do it out of your heart. That's that, that's like the point. That's like the, you know, I know I go from east to west, north and south with my points, but the point I'm trying to make, do it out of your heart. You know, give your tithe from your heart. Don't think of it as like a ritualistic thing or a religious thing, because when you start doing that, then it will never work for you. So with that being said, let's do our financial faith confession. So here we go. As we bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs or better jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth in business, settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, blessings and increase. See, it's right there. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all my financial needs so I have more than enough to take good care of my family, more than enough to give generously into the kingdom of God and promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. I'm sorry, but you need to be reminded of those every single time. We're going to worship the Lord tonight, so feel free to join us at the altar, or you can stand where you are, and let's worship the Lord. We're rising up from the ashes, no longer bound by chains. shadows your glory tore through the veil and now your light shines upon us we are free we are yours to God be the glory now and forever sings my song to God be the glory Sings my 
joy And now we're singing your praises We are free, we are yours To God be the glory this part requires some audience participation so when she sings to God be the glory we're going to repeat that let's sing that all of creation all of creation lift up his name to God be the glory to God be the glory all of creation lift up his name to God be the glory God be the glory. All of creation lift up his name. To God be the glory. To God be the glory. All of creation lift up his name. To God be the glory.
you turn it for good. You turn it for good. You take what the enemy meant for evil, and you turn it for good. You turn it for good. Let's take it up a little bit. You take what the enemy meant for evil, and you turn it for good. You turn it for good. You take what the enemy meant for evil, and you turn it for good. You turn it for good. I'm gonna see. I'm gonna see a victory. I'm gonna see a victory for the battle belongs to you, Lord. I'm gonna see a victory. I'm gonna see a victory for the battle belongs to you, Lord. You take. You take what the enemy meant. thinking of a verse here in first samuel 17 when david was going to face goliath and man this was a battle for the ages as we know but as as the giant is speaking these curses and hurling all these threats towards David. And maybe you're in a fight right now where the enemy is speaking all these curses and hurling all of these threats towards you, towards your family, you know, towards your situation. Here's how David answered him. He said, and everyone assembled here will know that the Lord rescues his people, but not with sword and spear. This is the Lord's battle. The battle is the Lord's and he will give you to us. Amen. And we got to know how to fight back and how to speak back against the enemy. And that's exactly what David did. He said, hey, this isn't my fight. This is God's fight. And he's never lost one yet. Amen. And so we've got to remember that and realize that the battle is the Lord's. Now, if you want to take it into your hands, by all means, you have that right. But you have no guarantees of victory if you're fighting this thing on your own. But if you leave it in God's hands, if the battle is the Lord's, you will win every single time because we always triumph in Christ Jesus. Amen. Let's give the Lord some praise tonight. 
Hallelujah. The Lord is good and his mercy endures forever and ever and ever. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, you can make your way to your seats tonight. And we are just going to have a good time getting into God's word together here. Amen. Who's excited to be in the house of the Lord this evening? Amen. I love it. You know, I grew up on Sunday night church and it's it's still funny that so many, uh, you know, it's kind of a lost thing. Not a whole lot of churches do Sunday night service anymore. And it's always, you know, every time we talk to other pastors and churches, you still do that? I'm like, that's all we know to do, brother. Yeah, that's how I was raised. I can't fathom not having Sunday night church, man. It's what we've always done. And I just love being in the house of the Lord anytime that I can. All right. Well, the time the title tonight is this, all right? The title is Trust is a Must. Trust is a must. Amen. And uh, you will listen, if you don't know it yet, you're going to find out that it is very, very imperative in the times that we live in that you learn to trust God. I'm going to say that again. In the times that we live in, all right? This isn't like it was even five years ago. This isn't like it was, you know, when you grew up back in the day. This isn't like it was back when Charles Ingalls was doing Little House on the Prairie. You know what I'm saying? Listen. Listen, this is the end times, and I believe that. And I, and I, I know this much, that you are going to have to learn to trust God. Because... You know, uh, we've seen so many things over the last few years that we thought we'd probably never see. I mean, things that we were like, no, I mean, yeah, that happens over there, but that don't happen in America, man. This is America, okay? And listen, we've seen things happen that we never thought would happen. And as I was kind of praying about what to talk about tonight, uh, really this word trust just kept coming to me. Now, I realize this isn't a, a very deep or exciting word it may not seem like, but it's one of the most important words that you can get a hold of in your life. Because there's a lot of things that, you know, people may be used to rely on that they aren't, they aren't there anymore. Uh, there's a lot of things that, that we always leaned on to be there for us. And in this day and age, they may just not exist anymore. And so it is super, super important that we learn to trust in the Lord. Now, another thing I know when we use the word trust is that every Christian ever will say amen. If I say, do you trust in God? 100% of them will say, oh, yes, yes, I do. Amen. And I also realize that a lot of people say that, but if they were to get really sincere and honest about it, they could say, you know what? I'm probably not really trusting in God right now. And this is something for us to look at ourselves with and examine our lives with and realize that, hey, we don't want to just talk about it, we want to really do it, and that's what we looked at this morning in James 1.22. Now, I heard a story of the great Martin Luther, the great Christian reformer in the 1500s. Uh, you know, one time he spent three days in a really deep depression over something that had gone wrong in his life, and on the third day, his wife came into the room dressed in funeral clothes with a, a you know, a black veil over her face, and, and Martin Luther being grumpy and depressed at the moment, he's like, well, who died? And his, his wife says, God and Martin Luther got angry. He's like, what do you mean God died? God can't die. What are you talking about? Well, she replied, the way that you've been acting, I was sure that he had. Trust him. 
And I'm going to tell you, that's the kind of wife I have. If I was to say something like <laughs> she would say, trust God. And I love that. And you need that in your life. But that's exactly, you know, even someone as great as Martin Luther needed that reminder. All right. And so we're going to look at a few things tonight. <clears throat> trusting God. And I want you to get a hold of this because, again, this is vital for the day and the age that we live in. And again, this isn't, you know, leave it to beaver anymore, as my dad always talks about. This isn't, you know, back in the day. This is 2023. And I don't know if you've seen it, but the world's a wreck. But we're not a wreck because we're clinging to Jesus. Amen. And so that just, you know, one thing that I've noticed over the last at least three years and then I guess we should have known it, but, you know, there'll be one, you know, ma- big disaster take place and all of a sudden it scares the wits out of people. So they, they come running to church. Then as soon as things calm down, oh, okay, we're still alive. All right. Then they just go back to chilling out. You know, they're, they're cool. You know, they're not afraid. So they kind of release God a little bit. Now they would never admit this to you. I found that out. They will never admit it, but it's the truth. And then an- another major disaster strikes the world, some disease, some riot, some whatever, and people come running. Oh, Jesus, Jesus. And then things calm down and then, whew, then Russia invades some country, Ukraine, and then people go, oh my gosh, it's Gog and Magog, and people go nuts, and then, oh wait, okay, well, they haven't attacked us right now, so people chill out, but I'm telling you, that's a dangerous way to live your life. You need to stay connected. Psalm 91 talks about those that abide under the shadow of the Most High. When you abide somewhere, that doesn't mean just stop by and visit when you have time. When you abide somewhere, you live there and you've got no intention of moving from that spot. Amen. And so we're talking about in this day and age, if you're going to trust God, you're going to have to stick as close to him as you ever have closer than you ever have before. Because, hey, we don't know what's happening next. I don't know. But I do know that Jesus isn't changing because Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. There's not much else in this world that you can count on to not change. Jesus is the one thing that doesn't change. And so I'm sticking with him. Amen. All right, let's look at a few things tonight regarding what happens when I trust God. Number one, when I trust, number one, God guides me. God guides me. And if there's ever been a time that you needed guidance from God about what to do, where to go, you know, what what to do, it's right now. And so we're going to look at a very, very well-known Bible passage, Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. Amen? I'm sure a whole lot of you could probably quote these verses. But Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. And man, you need to know these. These are some really, really, really important verses. Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6. In the New King James, and it says, Trust in the Lord with all of your mind. No, no, no. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding in all of your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths he shall direct your paths i mean there's a lot in those verses right there but seriously if you could just get this part right here lean not on your own understanding 
listen, because the way that you understand things may not be the way that God's telling you to do it right now. And maybe what you always did before, hey, that's not the same now. And God's telling you, no, 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 I got to have you do this right now. You need to lean not on your own understanding. And in all your ways, acknowledge him. Let's talk about that, shall we? All right. So listen, sometimes we acknowledge God in some of our ways. Like, yeah, God, I'll acknowledge you with my money. I'll acknowledge you with this, but not this area over here. This is my untouchable little area. And, uh, and I'm just going to keep doing things my way right there. No, acknowledge him in all of your ways and the way that you interact with other people. You need to do it God's way, right? In the way that you go to work and work your job, do it God's way. And that's another thing, man, we're just all over the place tonight. But when you go to work, you realize that whenever I go to work, I'm not there because I'm working for the man. I'm there working for Jesus. Colossians tells us to do everything as if we were doing it for the Lord. And so if you just struggle to do a good job because your boss is a jerk, well, pretend that Jesus is your boss and you'll be the best employee that that place has ever had before. Amen. And you will rise to the top because promotion doesn't come from the east or the west. Promotion comes from God above. Amen. And you're like, well, that guy never give me a promotion. Yeah, well, God will if you'll do a good job. Amen. Like you're working for him and not for the the man every day. And so that's just another way to acknowledge him in all of your ways. Now, only relying on your own understanding, it could be costly in the day and the age that we live in. And I'll tell you now that God is going to guide you to do things you don't understand with your mind. And if you don't listen, it could shipwreck you. God's going to guide you to do things that just don't make any sense sometimes. They'll always align with his word. He will never tell you to do something that goes against the Bible, but he will tell you to do some things that go against your understanding. I was thinking of our good friend, Brian Besser. A lot of you know Brian. Not everybody here does, but Brian full-time evangelism and everything. But I remember back in the fall time of 2019, he was out here spending some time with us. And he's like, man, strangest thing. God keeps telling me to get my real estate license. And we're like, Okay, Brian, go ahead, man. Rock on. And he's like, I I know it doesn't make any sense. You know, he's traveling and preaching and things are just going really great. And he's like... To do, I'm going to do it. I don't know if I'll ever use it or not. Well, he goes and puts in the time and gets his real estate license over there in Branson, Missouri. And sure enough, he finishes his courses and gets his license and, you know, gets hooked up with some uh, real estate place there in Branson right at the beginning of March of 2020. And literally the week that the pandemic hit, he was scheduled to be preaching at our church March 15th of that year. And we had to call him on Saturday and be like, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. And so every church, you know, for the next while canceled, he would have had no income at all. But he got that real estate license, even though he had no idea why. And boom, he just turned into like the rock star of Branson, Missouri, and has sold like five million houses over there over the last few years. And, you know, and God really promoted him. And I know he's going to start preaching and stuff again here soon. But, you know, he listened to God. How many of us here, if God told you to do something, they're like, man, that's stupid. I'm not going to do that. That don't make no sense to me. I, I, I don't understand why that. Why would we say something like that? Because we are relying on our own understanding. 
not trusting in the Lord with all of our heart. And so if you're someone that doesn't really trust God, you would have never listened to something like that. And so again, he's going to tell you sometimes to do things that you may not fully understand at the moment, but you'll find out later on. I have found out a lot of times in my life where God has told me something that at the moment I didn't understand. Now, either I disobeyed and I was a hard-headed, you know, little punk, and then I found out later why God, then I'm like, oh, that's why you were saying to not do that. Now I really wish I would have listened because you, turns out, saw something I couldn't see. And then there's been times that I have listened when I didn't know why. And then later on, I'm like, oh, now I get why you were saying that. I'm so glad I listened. You helped me avoid a major, major shipwreck in life. Or or you helped me to get in on something that was really going to bless my family. So either way, trust is a must. Can we say that together? Trust. All right. How about Proverbs 28 and verse 25? Here's a good one for you. Who knows what this verse says? Okay, maybe it's not a speed dial verse like Proverbs 3 was, but it's a good verse. So Proverbs chapter 28, and we're going to look here at verse 25. Amen. Proverbs 28, verse 25. It says, greed causes fighting. You ever notice that? That greedy people, they will fight you because they'll do anything for money. And they'll fight, they'll stab, they'll claw, they'll backstab, they'll do anything just to get a little more coin. But look at this, trusting the Lord leads to prosperity. And a lot of people don't want to hear that, but I can't deny the Bible truth that trusting the Lord leads to prosperity. And when we let God guide us by trusting him, it leads in our lives to prosperity, and that is an absolutely beautiful thing to stand on, all right? And so number one, when I trust, God guides me. Number two, when I trust, I have peace. I have peace. Who in here values peace? I value peace at a very, 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 very high, you know, price. Um, I mean, I've lived my life without peace, and I've lived it with peace, and let me just tell you, I repeat, it's a lot better. And so uh, I've also learned that there is a difference between the world's generic shallow definition of peace and God's definition of peace. And so I'm going to look at Isaiah 26, verses 3 and 4. And so there's a quote I usually share when I talk about peace, and it goes like this. Peace does not consist in the absence of danger, but in the presence of God. So peace doesn't mean that there's no danger around. I could be in a very dangerous situation, but still have the peace of God, because peace is an inside thing. It's about being in God's presence. But then again, I've been in situations where there's no danger at all, but I've had no peace. Because I wasn't in the presence of God. And so it is vitally important for us to realize how important God's presence is in our life. And when you get a hold of that, you don't want to do anything that could take you outside of the presence of God. Because in his presence is peace. In his presence, King David said, is the fullness of joy. Why would I not want that? Isaiah 26 Verses 3 and 4, it says, You will keep in perfect peace all who, what? 
trust. There's that word. All who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. Trust in the Lord always, for the Lord God is the eternal rock. Amen. And when we talk about a rock like that, we're not talking about a pebble that you can kick down the street or skip across the pond. We're talking about the legit thing, man. That rock is immovable. And that's what Jesus is in our life. And so he will keep in perfect peace. Now, if there is a perfect peace, then that must mean there's some sort of inferior or generic or less than peace that people are seeking after. And so I don't want the the second rate generic, you know, whatever. I want the real deal, perfect peace. Now, reading that verse, it doesn't say that God will keep in peace all who know who he is. There's a lot of people that know who he is, but maybe they don't have peace. It doesn't even say he will keep in peace all who identify as a Christian. It says he will keep in perfect peace all who trust in him. All who actually trust in him. That is a deep and powerful statement. I was thinking of one guy that I know he's down most of the time. But when he's up, he's really up. And when he's down, he is really down, and he's miserable to be around. And so, anyway, uh, he doesn't go to this church. I'll, I'll, I'll put that out there. But, you know, one time he was telling me how bad everything is and how he couldn't find peace and blah, 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 blah. And I was like, man, you need to trust God. He said, I do. I, was, and I, I told the guy, you know, I don't want to be rude, 